Before we get into our message for this evening, I want to share just a couple of comments about the reading from Joshua 2. If you take a look at that, uh, on page 7, the first paragraph, and this would be uh, verse 4, Rahab is questioned about the men who came to her house, the Israelite spies. And we read in verse 4, But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. Well, that's not true. She did know where they were from. And she continues, and when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. That's a lie as well. And we'll talk more about that shortly. But I want you to contrast the I do not know With the next paragraph, verse 8, before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. And she continues on with what is, I believe, the longest uninterrupted statement by any woman in the scriptures. She confesses her faith, and it's really a fully orbed faith in the God of Israel, which, by the way, is a good illustration of how God gets his word out in unexpected ways. After all, he said to Pharaoh, by lifting you up, by exalting you as I have, I will proclaim my name throughout all the earth. And it's happening. Rahab has heard what has happened. She makes this confession of faith and she makes a request then of the two spies. One commentator made the point that Rahab the harlot illustrates how God uses the most unexpected and the most immoral people to accomplish his purposes. But then it occurred to me, what else does God have to work with? I mean, who among us is not immoral, right? Who among us is righteous? You know, righteousness is not native to you or to me. Righteousness does not exude from our pores. Our righteousness comes from outside of us. It is the righteousness of Christ that is credited to our account by faith in him. It's an alien righteousness, as Luther would say. We bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, bless your word to our hearts this evening and every day and every evening we pray through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So your sermon outline on page nine is where I'd like for you to turn. And in regard to salvation now, uh, Rahab the harlot is born with three strikes against her. First of all, this is Roman number one, Rahab's spiritual handicaps. First of all, she's a pagan. She worships false gods. And not only does she worship false gods as a pagan, but secondly, second strike, she is a Canaanite pagan, all right? And the Canaanites were targeted by God for extermination. So Rahab is among those marked for extermination. The Lord has given the people of Canaan hundreds of years to repent 
of their evil they have not. Their days are numbered. So she's a Canaanite. She is an enemy of Israel by ethnicity. And number three, third strike, she's a harlot. She conducts her life in a way that is totally contrary to the will of God. So letter A, she appeared to be a lost cause. She appeared to be a lost cause. Beyond redemption, no Israelite could have imagined that this woman could be of any use to God, much less a heroine of faith, which she became. So is there anyone in your life, let me ask you this, is there anyone in your life that you've labeled as kind of a Rahab? Someone who's beyond redemption, beyond hope. They fail too many times to come back. They're gone. You ever felt that way? You ever put that label on someone? Whom do you view as hopeless? Well, be careful about such judgments because, let her be, many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. That is to say, many of those whom we least expect to be in heaven will be there, and many whom we expect to be in heaven will not. If you see yourself as looking down on someone else, if you see yourself as spiritually superior in your pedigree to another individual or to others, let Rahab's example humble you and repent of your pride because many who are first will be last. Take it to heart. But if you see yourself as a lost cause, as someone who is unworthy of mercy, and aren't we all, let Rahab's example encourage you and lift you up because the last will be first. Roman numeral two. Rahab's profession of faith was generated by the message she heard, the reports coming to her about the God of Israel and how he overcame the gods, the powerful gods of Egypt, drowned the army of Pharaoh while the Israelites, his people, crossed the sea on dry ground. How they overcame mighty kings by the power of this God she believed the message. Faith, right, comes by hearing the message, Romans 10, 17. Letter A, quoting St. Paul again, he writes in Galatians, know then that it is those of faith who are the children of Abraham. The real Israelites are not descended physically, they're chosen spiritually. St. Paul writes, he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, according to the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. The circumcision is that of the heart. 
and his praise is not from men, but from God. Letter B. Rahab's faith enabled her work of hospitality. Faith generates activity, good works in the sight of God. Faith enabled her hospitality. This is why Hebrews 11, the great hall of fame of faith, includes Rahab. By faith she does this, by faith Our second reading, the prostitute Rahab did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. Her faith installs her in the hall of fame of faith. Point number one, justifying or saving faith will reveal itself in good works. And that's evident from James chapter two, our our third reading for tonight. In the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Faith apart from works is dead. James uses the word justified in a different sense than Paul uses it in Romans when he says we're justified by faith apart from works. It sounds like they're contradicting one another. They're not. Paul is speaking about how a man is justified before God, in the sight of God, declared righteous through faith in Jesus. James is talking about how people are justified in the sight of men. How does this justifying faith become visible? How do men detect it? It's through works and will be judged on the basis of works that flow from faith. This is our teaching. We do not ignore good works. We insist upon them because a good tree bears good fruit. Good works are the visible evidence of faith in the heart. Fiducia cordis, faith in the heart. Rahab is vindicated by her actions. She shows that she is a woman of faith, justifying faith by her deeds. Point number two, and I love this uh, quote from Thomas Manton, a Puritan pastor from about, I don't know, five, um, four, 450 years ago, something like that. The poor guy was put out of his pastorate. A wonderful man. God hideth his eyes from the evil that is in our good actions. I love that. He hides his eyes from the evil that accompanies the best things we do. Rahab protected the spies. That's a good work. But she lied to do it. That's sin. And a sin is a sin. And you can't justify it. No, God justifies us in our sins. We do not justify ourselves. We justify ourselves. We exclude ourselves from God's justifying work in Christ. Don't justify yourself. Claim your sin because Christ has claimed it for you. God rewards our good works. He forgets our failures. 
he hides his eyes from the evil that we've done. What a wonderful thought. What good news to everyone whose conscience is pricked. Let her see. Oh, and by the way, Rahab makes herself guilty in order to save lives. She makes herself guilty. She deceives others. She becomes guilty in order to save the lives of others. Does that remind you of anyone you know? Yeah. Her descendant, right? Jesus Christ. Let her see. Rahab aligned herself with Israel and treated the spies as her kinfolk. She treated the spies as her kinfolk by protecting them, putting her own life at risk for them. Rahab withholds nothing from these Israelites. Why? Because she is of the same spirit, the same faith. generating her hospitality at the cost of her life, potentially. In Roman numeral three, Rahab's hospitality shown to God's messengers, and James refers to them as messengers, angeloi, reveals her lineage to Christ. Now, how does that work? Okay. I mean, she is a great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus, right? Physically. But what's the lineage here? What's, what's the similarity? Uh, what was Jesus accused of? This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. He shows hospitality to the least, does he not? And, and Jesus is God's hospitality to the unworthy, in the flesh. He is the hospitality of God, which Rahab demonstrates, you see. And we made this point last week. Um, this is recorded in Revelation 22, just about the very end of the Bible, where Jesus, the glorified Christ, describes himself as the root and the branch, or the descendant of David at the same time, right? He is the source of David, as that's his divinity, he's the creator of all, but he's also the fruit of David, right? In his humanity. The same is true of Rahab. Jesus Christ is the root of Rahab as, as her creator, his divinity, but he is also the descendant of Rahab according to his humanity. As, as we said last week, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It just you can say, which one's the apple, which one's the tree? Well, it depends on whether you're speaking of Christ's divinity or his humanity. He's the apple off of Rahab, according to his humanity, but he's the root of Rahab. She's the apple, according to his divinity. They share the same spirit, the spirit of hospitality towards sinners like you and like me. That's physical lineage. But physical lineage does not save. 
Only spiritual lineage does that. Rahab placed her life in the hands of the God of Israel when she hid the spies. And it's the God of Israel, the same God who would in time, the fullness of time, send his son to die for Rahab and her sins and for your sins and mine. She hid the spies. She showed them ultimate hospitality because she knew it was the will of her Father in heaven. And it brings to mind the words of our Lord, who are my mother and my brothers? The one who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Rahab, the mother of our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.